Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. More than this, uh, and it's, it's really based around the frame that, that in the kingdom of God, there is more. And God wants you to live in a place of more, not in a place of less. And, and, but the place of more is, is what Paul speaks about, the mystery of the gospel. He says, I, I share with you this mystery. I have this mystery. It's something which our normal thinking and our normal lifestyles don't know kind of how to grab a hold of. But in God's kingdom, in God's world... There is a place of more. That more is what truly satisfies our heart. We are by our humanity is is a humanity that always wants more. We're we're always wanting more, but there is a more that is in God that is what truly satisfies. And so, turn with me, will you, to to Luke's gospel, and we're going to read. We're going to read from um, a portion of scripture that was rattling around my brain when I was on holiday. Um, in, we was in Portugal um, for a couple of weeks. Um, and um, we were, when we were there, um, this scripture was going around my mind and I knew that, that God was really speaking to me about it. So Luke 6, chapter 35. Um, I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation if you've got that on your phones, iPads or um, analog paper. Um, so Luke 6.35 love your enemies do good to them lend to them without expecting to be repaid then your reward from heaven will be very great and you will truly be acting as children of the most high for he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked you must be compassionate just as your father is compassionate do not judge others and you will not be judged do not condemn others or it will all come back against you. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make more room. Running over, poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Now, Jesus, when he's speaking this message, he's, he's speaking a message which is unsettling the ears of the disciples because what he's saying to them is is everything he's telling them to do is is against the natural process upon the way we normally think. He says things like lend um, without expecting to receive it back, which in itself is the most bizarre thing. I mean, if he'd said give and don't expect to get it back, that makes sense, doesn't it? Um, I, we give, we don't expect it to come back. That's the whole point about giving. You don't give away a present that you expect to come back to you unless you're really clever. Um, so, uh, some of the, and I often talk about uh, different, different things. She, she's always going to me, I'm pretty useless for buying presents for. She goes, what do you want for your birthday? Oh, I don't know, I don't care. Gifts, gifts are not like super high on my agenda of things. I like receiving things, but they're, they're not the most important motivation for my life. And so, so 
I'm like, I'll be happy with anything. Just, you know, whatever you think. And that's not helpful, is it? Any, any wives out there who knows how difficult it is to buy presents for their husbands, and it's like, you know, what do you, what, what do you want me to get you? Give me a shirt. I, you know, I like shirts. And uh, so get me sort of trousers, you know, it's all this kind of thing. So, uh, and then she was talking about things which she needed. And I went, why don't you buy me for your birthday these things that you need? Because <laughs> I'd be happy with that too. Because that just means that we won't spend more money. And that's quite important to me too. <laughs> So, and Cheryl's going, oh, this is tempting, you know. And uh, so, <laughs> I'm going to give you something and you're going to give it back to me. And uh, so, but Jesus says, lend and don't expect to get it back, which doesn't make any sense. The whole principle of lending, if I, if I was to lend Neil my mobile phone, uh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I was to lend it, what would you like me to lend? You're my car, my Land Rover. Mm, I'm not lending you that. And uh, so, <laughs> Don't to get it yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole principle of the word lend is that there is a return. That's the whole point. He doesn't use the word give. He uses the word lend. Lend is a, it has a temporary, it's a temporary word. It's like, you can have this for a while, but I will need it back. And Jesus goes, lend, but don't expect it back. And everyone's heads are going, oh, I don't get this. This isn't, this isn't right. Forgive and be compassionate with those who don't deserve compassion. Oh, I'm not sure I understand that. Because there's some bad people out there and I hate them. <laughs> some people just need slapping. We all know they do, don't we? We look around society and we all look at the... Yeah, you need a slapping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> My mother was hilarious, right? My mother had, this, had this, this principle in life which was what they need is a jolly good slippering. And she would, if they, were, if they were here, I'd put them over my knee and slipper them. And I know full well she would because I did. You know, I, I was often over the, bam, bam. She busted many a hairbrush over my backside, I can tell you. It was, it was her, her resolution of all life's problems. If, if she was working in the Middle East today, <laughs> there would be a long line of... <laughs> humbled people waiting in the queue it's your turn mother's coming to get you <laughs> but Jesus goes be kind and compassionate because he has the father has compassion on those who don't deserve it he has compassion on what the bible calls the wicked he, the sun shines and the rain pours on the good and the bad. We live in the same world and he shows the same amount of compassion to all. And, and Jesus, is, he's breaking the rules. He's upsetting the, the common sense that we live by in society. Jesus himself, he came and he broke all the rules. When he, he's first introduced in Luke's gospel, Philip... Um, says um, to uh, Nathaniel, um, Philip goes to Nathaniel, I found the Messiah, found the coming one. 
And Jesus and, and Nathaniel, you know, said, well, who is he? Where is he from? He says he's from, he's, uh, uh, he's the son of Joseph from Nazareth. And Nathaniel goes, Nazareth? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? That's like saying, he comes from Dundee. Can anything good? <laughs> or Glasgow. Go, <laughs> you it's more dodgy territory. If you say Glasgow, there's more chance someone's going to knife you at the end. Right? <laughs> Dundee's not so defensible. It's very more difficult. They're kind of nicer people from Dundee. They just get offended. Anyway, so... <laughs> so, it's like saying... See, the social rules of, of, that, of, of Israel at the time were Nazareth. Nothing good comes out of Nazareth. But that's where Jesus came from. He broke the rules. He came, then he gathered to, to himself, he gathers these disciples, rough old fishermen, tax collectors, the highly politically motivated, guys who don't fit the, the, the ideal of a dream team that's going to take over the world. He gathers to, together People who have doubts and fears and insecurities, who are competitive one with another. There are different times when they're trying to compete. Who can be at the top of the pile? Who's going to sit with Jesus? One on his right, one on his left. One when I had another word. Um, who was it? It was um, to remember the brothers. Now they're having a word with their mother, who who wants to have a word with Jesus. Come on, look, you know, get my boys next to you, and and all of this. They're just like this competitive edge around these motley crew that Jesus chose to take over the world. He broke the rules. He ate with Pharisees while he had his feet cleaned by a prostitute. He broke the rules. He was more than happy to converse and chat and spend time with those involved in the sex trade as he was to hang out with those who were wealthy and who financed his ministry. And he was more than happy to spend time, but not only was he comfortable by stepping from one huge sort of world into another, and when you do meet people who have this ability, who can walk with kings and also walk with paupers, you meet people, but very few have the ability to break the social rules and bring them together. And when Jesus came, he upset all of those rules. He upset the social order that had been written. And see, there are social rules which constrain us to live by certain conditions. These are the people you talk to. These are the people you do not talk to. But Jesus didn't give a rip. He didn't care what society said you can and can't do. He spoke to all because all were his creation. All were his children. All were the ones who came out of his father. All of us. And so Jesus came and he broke the social rules. When society today, we live according to social rules. There are, there are rules of engagement. I was brought up in a very, well, say traditional, I, quite a traditional rules that were placed upon my family. My mother would always say, don't speak unless you're spoken to. Don't, don't, um, don't sort of make a, a scene in, in public. I've yet to learn that one. And don't, don't you know, just, just be quiet and, and, you know, 
we used to have this saying, keep your P's and Q's. How many of you have heard that? How many of you haven't heard? Keep your P's and Q's. Just be polite and quiet. And just, be, just keep the social order of things. Don't, don't just go up and speak to strangers. That's strange and rude. It's, it's weird. They might not like you. Don't talk to them. And so there's this, this order of life that you get constrained by. You're, you're walking around not knowing how people will, will behave. And, and neighbours um, moved in recently... Um, and uh, they come from Poland. They're, they're possibly we've got the best neighbours in the whole world, right? And uh, they really. And I'm saying this because they're going to be. Um, he's going to be downloading the message and listening on the way to work. So I'm just telling you, Michael. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, say hello to Michael. Everyone, say hello to Michael. He's listening to this. He'll be listening to this tomorrow morning as he drives to work. <laughs> and uh, so. <laughs> But what I found was that they move in and they start talking. Now, I'm a chatty kind of guy. So in our area, we've got this here. And I talk to all the neighbors as I walk the dog in the morning. But I'm talking to them. And they know our neighbors better in the last three, four months they've been living. They've been living there since April than we have in the last five years. And they're talking to new people that just moved down the road of building a house. And they're telling me about this. They do this and they do that. And they're telling me and I'm going, I didn't even know that. Do you know why they do that? Because they don't live according to the rules that I was brought up by. They just march on in and talk to people and, and people like it. It's like they're breaking rules. See, see, there are rules that we are constrained by in our world and some of them are social rules some of them are personal rules which we've said constrained we're constrained by fear and and the the fear of what men will think it's not a social rule it's a personal constraint that sits upon us and those social rules stop us from living in the more that is in God and Jesus came and he broke all those rules down and he began to say you don't have to live according to those rules anymore. I've got for you a world and I've got for you a life that is greater. Now, in all of these things, we want to live in a more we've been raised. Now, if you have been coming to church, you will have heard a message and this is the message. We live by faith, not by works. It's a good message. It's true. But this is a problem. This is a a dichotomy. I like that word. <laughs> or an oxy. Uh, di- is it a dichotomy or an oxymoron? They're two different things. Um, so turn to someone and say oxymoron, but only if you know them. Um, so <laughs> a dichotomy. I love the word dichotomy. Dichotomy are two opposing kind of truths. Uh, an oxymoron is two truth, opposing truths which are fitted together in one word like bittersweet. That's, a, that's an oxymoron. But a dichotomy is two different See, 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 Jesus, he came that we might live, and to live in him, we can only do it by faith. But we can only have faith if we have works, but it's not our works that give us faith. It's these two opposing. If we don't have any works, then we don't have any faith. There's a complex right there. You see, Jesus came to break the rules. But when he broke the rules, he lived a different kind of life. 
He did things differently. He walked into the um, temple and he healed on the Sabbath day. He broke the rules. He then turns to them and said, The Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. That just flipped their brain. For they were servants of the Sabbath. But the Sabbath is a servant to us. In other words, the Sabbath was designed to give us strength and wholeness and rest and peace, not to constrain us. And I was brought up as a child. I've said this many times before, that as the Sabbath day was the Sunday, which technically it isn't, but it, for, it, for us it was a Sunday. A Sabbath day was a Sunday where you couldn't go to the shops, where we couldn't play games, where we could only... Um, we could only read the Bible or the encyclopedia. There were things that we were allowed to do. It's amazing how many worldly things you can read in an encyclopedia. And uh, so, <laughs> when you're a child, you're just looking for a way out, you know. <laughs> Look at that! And uh, so... <laughs> And, but the encyclopedia was, a, was the ones my parents bought just before they got married. So it was a 1950s encyclopedia. It was a, a bit this long and it was a, they had a picture of a computer and it was bigger than this room. And, uh, and, and there are rules which we are called to live by. But Jesus came to upset those rules and then give us a new way of living. But that way of living is not just a confession, but it's a lifestyle. In other words, it is a work. It is something that I'm doing, not something I'm just saying. Now, if you understand church, church has raised you to say, oh, I believe God. I'm believing God for these things. And faith, we think, we say, I'm believing for something. You know what I'm talking about. I'm believing for something. I may be believing for money. I may be believing for a job. I may be believing for healing. I can, I'm after something. And so we say to ourselves, if I can find the right prayer of faith, I can get the thing that God wants to download to us. It's almost like we're thinking, well, God is this kind and benevolent God. There's all he's waiting for is the right kind of prayer. And if you pray the right kind of prayer, then you get the result. If you don't pray the right prayer, if you don't say the magic words, <laughs> what's the spell? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I upset some people right there. We don't make spells. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can leave right now. Here we are. <laughs> We don't say a list of magic words which unlocks the kindness of God. That in itself is not faith. And yet somehow we've convinced ourselves that if I can just say the right words, I can get the more. But Jesus is saying to us in Luke 6, to live in more, it's about what you do, not just what you say. It's about your works, not just about your words. Wow. In other words, my lifestyle has to change. It's not good enough for me to just claim something. I've got to live something. I can't just live by this. I'm not... You see, we were... Um, 
I was raised uh, in this traditional church where the, on the King James Bible. How many of you have not read the King James Bible? Just show, show of hands, not read the, the King James Bible. You have missed out on a lot of some these and thou's, thou shall not. You know, let me read to you some King James. I love this. This is what I was, this is how I learned to read, in fact. And my mother taught me to read on the King James Bible in the beginning. That's how I learned to read. But my, one of the, the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments, when I was a child growing up in Sunday school, it was one of the first things you got Ten Commandments, boy, learn them. You've got to live by them. And I learnt in Old English, thou shall have no other gods before thee. <laughs> thou shall not make unto thee any graven image. There's a heavy one right there. I'm thinking, graven image? What is a graven image? <laughs> it's pretty severe. I don't know. I don't want to make one of those. <laughs> okay. But my favourite one was this one. Thou shall not cover thy neighbor's house. It's okay, Michael, I don't like your house. Thou... <laughs> thou shall not covet thy neighbor's wife. <laughs> no. <laughs> Nor is manservant... You have a manservant? <laughs> or maidservant. Nor his ox, nor his ass... I'm okay with Jesus right now. I have never. <laughs> we were raised on rules. <laughs> we were raised on these rules that these are the things you cannot do. But when Jesus came, he gave a different list of rules, but they were rules which gave you hope. And even in the Old Testament, the actual the Ten Commandments, they're even in the Ten Commandments, which is the law. And the law was written because of man's sin and corruptness. And when Jesus came and died on the cross, he fulfilled the requirement of the law. The law became satisfied. That's why we don't have to live according to it anymore. The law's been satisfied. The law said, man is a sinner. And Jesus came and went, I'm taking away the sin. And the law no longer had any claim upon us because Jesus came and took away that sin. Does that make sense to you? And so the law has been satisfied, but there is a way of living which produces a result in Christ that brings to us a more than this, that we can live in more than this. And when even in the Ten Commandments, he says, honour your mother and father and it shall be well with you. In other words, you shall know great blessing in your life if you live with honour. Even in the Old Testament, there was hope laden within law. But in Christ, Jesus said, let me go back to Luke chapter 6. Let me say right there, he says, love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great and you will truly be acting as children of the Most High. Wow! Suddenly, Jesus is saying, if you live like this, 
If you change your lifestyle, your heart attitude, if you change your opinion about the people and the world around you, there is a reward which is being downloaded into your life that currently you're not living in. Suddenly we're living in more than this. There is a hope that we can have as we live toward Christ. That we can live in a world where His glory and His power is being downloaded to us. Let me finish with giving to you this in Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. I love this. It's one of the most powerful chapters in the New Testament. It says, So now there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to Him, the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent His own Son in a body like the bodies we sinners have and in that body God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving His Son as a sacrifice for our sins. Jesus satisfied the law. He made it all complete. And He did this so that the just requirements of the law will be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature but instead Follow the Spirit. You see, Jesus, see, God doesn't place laws over us. He doesn't place a law, a list of do's and don'ts. He places hope. He gives you a better way. Like the development of an athlete. I've met athletes and they train hard and they and they athletes live in a world we don't live in because they do things that we don't do we had a Kaylee in here last night I nearly died <laughs> strip the willow is not good <laughs> I was spinning out until I thought my eyes were going to still spinning in my head so there they go I'm heaving <gasps> Stuart Harris, who's here, um, he's not here this morning. He's, he's playing in a golf competition. He's a phenomenal golfer. And uh, Stuart, he's, he's on our... Well, he, he's trying to get me to do Tough Mudder. How many of you know what Tough Mudder is? It's 13 miles and just the most ridiculous things. You have to jump 40 feet into ice cold water and go in mud and get electrocuted about 50 times. <laughs> and then you come out and go... You know? <laughs> And then you let everyone go, and, and you want me to do that for fun? <laughs> I can't do strip the willow. <laughs> See, the athlete lives in a world I don't live in. <laughs> they can run for 13 miles and jump off ridiculous heights and survive. I'm dizzy here. <laughs> Jesus offers us a world where there is more. But unlike the athlete that seems to be a world so far away we don't think we can get, he just simply says this, just forgive those 
who don't deserve to be forgiven. Just forgive them. Just love those who nobody else loves. Just, just lend to those people who you know are probably just taking advantage. Just let it go. Don't worry about it. Just be kind. And don't let bitterness roam, reign in your heart. Just live in a world where you don't feel like you're always the one who has to get the upper hand. Just live in that world and I will bless you and I will let richness of heaven pour down onto you because I will show you how to live a greater life. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website www.thejunctionchurch.com. God bless.